ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. The one that got away. I can sit here, Scott, and tell you that I'm in four, four playoffs in four of my leagues. I, I, I have the top seed. I, I made my dynasty playoff. First time I ever did dynasty leagues, Scott, I'm in the playoffs. And I should be happy, right? Four, four of my leagues, I'm in the playoffs. But all I can think about is that big blue league. And, Scott, it's going to come down. I told you when it happened. You were undefeated in that league, my friend. And we played. And I started Jay Cutler at home yes. instead <laughs> of Carson Wentz at home against Arizona. My thought process was Arizona's defense had been playing better. They were pressuring the quarterback. If you remember correctly, I think that was shortly after. Maybe it was the week after, two weeks after they played the Giants. And Wentz wasn't throwing for a lot of yards then, Scott. 176 yards he had in that game. So I went with Cutler at home in an easy matchup. Was it Tennessee maybe? That and, and, and I lost because of that, and I knew it. Because if I had done that, I had this feeling. You know, sometimes you make a move and you go, uh-oh. You know, like when a card comes in poker on the river and you go, mm -hmm. I knew it. I knew yep. that was going to cost me. And if I had done that, I'd still be alive this week, but I was eliminated. Folks, welcome to the Pick It Up Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We got the playoffs. Scott's got a million leagues. He's in. He's done a great job. I'm in four, but I just can't stop thinking about that blue, big blue league, Scott. I can't. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, you... You know, you, you, one of your mantras is zig when others zag. And yep. sometimes when you do that and you, you do that, it can come back to bite you. And that one it did. Hey, you um, know what, man? But that time it wasn't an obvious play because Arizona – I think that he yeah, was only favored by four. still Jay Cutler and I think I you know. were one of, one of seven people in the country that was high on yeah, Jay well, Cutler. It's, fair, it's, it's just fair. It's fair. If you told me you sat Carson Wentz for Phillip Rivers – or, you know, Matt Ryan or, you know, even even maybe even Carson Paul. You know, it was Jay Cutler. Yeah, it was week five, Scott. A guy right here. It was week five. That was it. It yeah. was it was week five. I lost you by 10. I started Jay Cutler home against Tennessee. That's correct. Jay Cutler home against Tennessee. Scott, 92 passing yards, a yeah. passing touchdown, passing interception. Went at home against Philly, Scott, 304 and four TDs. Ah, oh, it's killing yeah. me. Needless to say, you would have won it. You probably would have had me having to play this week uh, meaning something, but – uh. Luckily, I got a win in that league um, this past week to secure playoff spot. Probably the one seed, maybe the two seed. Yeah, but, did a good uh, job. Did a very good job. There. That team's been in a bit of a tailspin. I, I, you know, I mean, so many you're in so many leagues and you play so many leagues, and this team is nine and four. But honestly, I have the feel I'm going to get knocked out next week because the team is just not that good. I'm doing it with smoke and mirrors. I got to win two more weeks if I could somehow do it. Listen, a championship, a championship, right? So championship, championship. doesn't matter, man. No matter how you get it, you get it. I'm in there. I'm in the final four in that league, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, and uh, listen, we're both in in the Yahoo League. You know, I know you you, you, were, you were down on yourself. I can't there. believe you, I'm you in. That team is terrible, Scott. Oh, my God, the team's terrible. You know what? You got him in the sixth seed, I and of course – it, it makes for great podcasting because you're playing swaggerlicious. You know, when oh, we talk about all in this episode, you know, the trades and you know, he gave up Bell, traded for Bell and all that stuff. It's just no, poetic no. that you're playing him. And if you happen to get by him, then you get me. That's so, Scott. I mean, listen, it's great radio, right? So, uh, listen, I'm keeping it 100 here, Mike Randall. I always do, Scott. Number one, this is the shady league. There's always weird trades that go on every single – you don't want to hear it. It's the truth. That trade was ridiculous. Le'Veon Bell for Freeman and, and Breeze. And this is friend of yours who pumps his chest out or thinks that just because pocket twos beat pocket aces doesn't mean it's good. It was a terrible trade. I'm just happy because every year everything goes against me in this league. Yeah. I, had to, I had a late pick. Folks, at the end of the year, we're going to do a great podcast. We're going to break down average draft position. Where, things good and bad, but one thing I'm going to give you a preview on is this. 
If you drafted in your redraft league late in the first round, it was an absolute killer this year. And that's where I was in that league at DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray, killer. Awful job by DeMarco Murray. Scott, I have to tell you, I wrote that article on team backfield drafting, right? And it works for like Freeman and Coleman, right? It did not work for Murray and Henry. Because the one thing, Scott, with team backfield drafting you cannot do is you cannot have the worst running back starting the entire year, no matter how bad he is. And you can't have a coach refusing to go to one or the other. So it was the whole world came together and it was disaster. And it didn't help that, you know, Derrick Henry seemed to be the closeout back in these games. Yeah, That's pretty you know, that big run. Go. But, you know, getting back to shady leagues, I'm going to put your league out there and put your cousins, Jerry, cousin Brian. You're on notice, my friend, cousin Jerry. You're playing your brother. Make sure that team is stacked because I'm in a must win situation and I need help. And that your game is part of it. Yeah. So I'm looking for no a. Doubt. Uh, They'll play to win the game. I'm, looking, I'm looking for you. Play to win the game. Exactly, cousin Scott, Jerry. I'm Scott, talking to you, my friend. Scott, do you remember my wedding? One of the stories in my wedding from my best man was how I got in a fight with my cousins over a flag football game. Don't worry. They'll play it out. Don't, you don't have to worry about that. Folks, let's get to the review here. First quarter. All right, Scott, lot to talk about. First off, let's start with the, the important thing. Prayers and thoughts to Ryan Shazier. Terrible card off in a bloodbath game last night, Scott, which we'll get into a little bit. But it seems like he's going to be okay. He's going to be watched for 48 hours. He was tweeting out today, thanks for the prayers. Many thoughts, many prayers to Ryan Shazier. Great player, hard player, terrible injury. Thank God he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, just, you know, <clears throat> and that's one, you know, he initiated, you know, wasn't like a dirty hit. He went for a tackle and, he, you know, he goes down and the head just pushed back. And you knew right then and there it was going to be trouble because you could see the, the head push in, and, you know, the neck go down. So he's the heart and soul of that defense. I know you think that defense is soft, but from just from a standpoint, he's the signal caller. He is, he is young, not soft. he's fast. He, he is not soft, and, and neither is Watt, but the the the, the, the cornerbacks are horrific. The, the, the uh, listen, you know, it, we'll get to that later on in the game, but, yeah. For Ryan Chazier, you know, all the best as, as a fan, as a, as a, as a, you know, an outsider, a bystander. I've met, I've met him. Very nice, very nice guy when yeah, I met him. Just, strong handshake, I'm sure. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> he did have, he did have a shirt on, unlike warmups when he runs with, you know, without a shirt in 12 degree weather, but very nice guy. So all the best. Hopefully everything, you know, turns out all right. It was good to hear this morning that he was, you know, had some movement in the lower extremities, which is a good sign. And, you know, like they said, the next 24 to 48 hours is critical. He's staying in Cincinnati for another couple of days, so let's just hope for the best there. Uh, but, yeah, that game last night, um, you know, one, main reason, main, one of the, it's the main reason we're recording tonight. You, you did me that solid. Let me watch the game. And I tell you, I don't know if I would have been able to record that watching that awesome. game. That was just – Could you imagine I mean, we were taping a lot? It would have been awesome. That, would, that game was just <laughs> unbelievably physical, you know, and it's – Steelers Bengals is starting to creep up, maybe even passing Steelers Ravens now, because at least the physicality is is unbelievable. Um, I know Ben Roethlisberger said at pregame interview that when you play the Ravens, it's physical, but everybody respects each other and they're out to win the game. So when you play the Bengals, you know you worry that someone's going to get hurt. And last night, a lot of people got hurt, and it could have been a lot more got hurt. Yeah, a lot in that game, Scott. We'll get to it quick. First off, you know, here Juju Smith Schuster, clean hit. Clean hit, hard hit, but clean. It was not a. It wasn't a. It wasn't a seek and destroy. It wasn't like when Burfick hit Brown one for his head. Okay, it was clean. It was a hard hit though. It's hard hit, and he was a little high. But the only reason I, I got Tyscott, if he didn't stand over him and taunt him, I don't know if he's suspended. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I kind of agree with you. The taunting thing really made it worse. Yeah, and that, listen, that's his guy gets suspended for that. You can't do that. Yeah, you and look, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm listen. He gets suspended this week. I'm fine with it. I have no gripes about it, mainly because of the taunting. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, look, I, I don't want to sound like it's good someone gets hurt and it's not. But 
you know, Burfick's been known to hurt a lot of people and go head hunting and stuff like that. And I expected someone to, you know, hit him hard. I just wasn't expecting it to be, you know, rookie and Juju Smith Schuster. Oh, Scott, plot. why can't people pronounce his names? What's his name? What's oh, his John, name? John Gruden last night. Oh, my uh, God. Jojo Schuster Smith. Did you hear Marvin Lewis today? I mean, uh, like, God, Juju Smith Schuster. What's the problem? Easy. And if you want to make it easier yourself, just say Juju. Right. We all know who it is. But, I mean, last night, I, I know you, you commented on one of my quotes on Twitter, but John Gruden was horrendous last night. He was just missing. I mean, he didn't. He couldn't say names, right? It was just, it was just bad. Dude. And I got to give Sean McDonough a lot of credit, the, uh, the play-by-play guy for ESPN. He called out the officials in a nice minute-and-a-half rant about how no one's here to see flags and see the officials play. I think last night's crew was second most with 18, averaging 18 flags a game. But he didn't care. He just went on it. So kudos to him. That was a great rant. If you didn't hear it, listen to it. He was all on top of that with the penalty. You know who you are, my my partner? You are Pedro Serrano. Do you remember Major League? Pedro Serrano, very very intimidating guy. Long ball. But he had a a weak link, and his weak link was the curveball. You could be one of the all-time greats. You got the insight. You got the DFS. You want thousands of dollars. You got moves. You got this. You got that. Sure, your trading habits take five years to make, by the way. And I would have liked to have Keenan Allen for Jarek McKinnon, but that's yeah, fine. Speaking of DFS, <laughs> Jordan Howard, could you be alive this week? Uh, that's ridiculous. About so, we'll get into it. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And I think that Gordon is wrapped up because Gordon didn't have a great game either. But, I mean, that was his chance. He could have yeah. a buck fifty and two touchdowns, Scott. That could have made it interesting, no? But your weak link, your weak link is the Steelers. Your weak link is the Steelers. You can't be objective. You gave me a 4-0 layup here in the picks because you refused to pick AFC North teams. <laughs> Listen, I know that's what you believe, but it's it's not. It had nothing to do with it. I, I just I, – the charge – for me, the charges were red hot. They're home. They're moving the ball up and down. They're lions stopping at, everybody lions in the Ravens. Lions, you know, lions of the Ravens. Lions of the Ravens. But you know I've been on, on the Lions all year. But come on, man. Lies have I not Ravens. been on the lines all year? But it's AFC. You have to respect the Ravens. The Ra- you I hate, hate the Ravens. I know you hate the Ravens. They're, uh, listen, they're you'd rather have a root canal without Novocaine than wear my Steve Smith jersey. I, I understand you, that. Okay. I bet you if you go back and look through the picks, I've picked the Ravens once this year. Uh, and I think I've, and I picked the Browns last week. Note to self. Check. Did I not take check, the Browns check. last week? Did you? I forget. Did you? Did you take I did. I took the Browns. I said they were going to win a game. All right. That hurts the narrative. I still think you have – when it comes to Steelers, you just you, you can't take your heart out of it. You could, you could be one of the all-time greats. Oh, just, I always – I take my heart out. You just like to run with a narrative that you think <laughs> works. <laughs> You're Pedro Serrano. All right. A couple other things, Scott. First of all, I went at the Patriot fans. I'm blocking my brother-in-law. I just want to let you know this. On my cell phone, I've blocked my brother-in-law. He's an idiot. I'm calling my brother-in-law an idiot right now. Here's the reason. Rob Gronkowski absolutely should be suspended. Anybody who thinks otherwise is an idiot. Yeah, okay? absolutely. He, I don't care that he gets held. People get held on every play. The ball was intercepted. He was on the ground. The play was over, and he did a WWE move. Was it the, who didn't Goldberg used to do the spear, Scott? Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But at least when Goldberg did the spear, the, the guy was looking at you. He may have been days falling over, but you he know, was looking at you. This guy was laying flat on the ground. Scott, you know, what some, you know what some idiot Patriot fan tweeted me? He said that the guy already had a concussion. That Gronkowski didn't concuss. Yeah, him. of course, uh, of course he did. That yeah, he I played, have to steal. I can't. You know, it makes you look good. Steeler fans are not as bad as Patriot fans. They're but he's out for a game. So is Juju, by the way. They'll both be back for the Steeler Patriot game next week, two weeks from now. And, and as, as so is George Iloka, which I'm glad the NFL didn't miss because that hit on Brown in the end zone. That was yeah, he vicious. got him too. They got him too. They got him. So I'm they glad got him. they glad they got everybody last night in that game, and they did. And yeah, Gronk 100 should be suspended. I don't care if he doesn't have a record, never did it before. Blah blah blah. Nobody it cares. was almost like it almost made it look like it was a roid rage. I mean, I'm not saying he's on roids, but it took him like two seconds. He saw what happened, saw what happened, and said, "You know what." 
Here's the people's elbow and a forearm to the back of that. The difference is, Scott, okay. if it was it was in the flow of the game, it's different. Like remember, uh, who's the, the Dolphins linebacker that hit Joe Flacco? The guy was traded uh, from Alonzo. Yeah, that was not suspended because it, basically they're going to assess whether you had a chance to avoid the head. Now Gronkowski didn't avoid anything; he just speared him into the ground. <laughs> on the ground. But if you're going after a receiver, you have to go for the midsection. And listen, if he launches to hit. And Brown drops his head as he's launched. That's a little different. But Alonzo did not launch at head. The difference is Iacocca did. Uh, Juju standing over the whole thing. Juju wasn't a headshot. He was very close. I think it's because he stood over him. If he doesn't yeah, stand yeah. over, God, I don't think he gets suspended. I really don't. Yeah, I, 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 it wasn't a headshot. I mean, listen, it's, it's. A, I guess it, they call it, it was, a crackback. Is yeah, what they it call was, it. But it was, you know what? It was chest. He's, ma- he's making yeah. a block. It was a vicious block. It was a hard hit. Reminded you of Heinz Ward on Keith Rivers years ago. Is what it reminded you of. But if he, you're right. If he doesn't stand over him, I don't think he is suspended. Well, I Heinz, really don't. Heinz Ward's one of the dirtiest players I've ever seen in my life. So that's a different story. Here comes the defend the Pittsburgh player in three, two, one. No, no I'm not saying I'm not saying nothing. But Listen, I will, I, I, I will say this: suspension. I've agreed with this. Vontae, I mean, I the disagree other things, with your your conception that this defense is terribly soft. Oh, they're but terrible. Oh, they're terrible. God, and please, and explain to me how Brett Hundley. Yes, I, full disclosure: I started Brett Hundley in Yahoo. It's a terrible <laughs> choice, which but, I didn't see till about one thirty-five but, Sunday afternoon. But like, Scott, be, could be objective for once in your fantasy life here. Brett Hundley did a fantastic job in a night game. You always push the night game narrative against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Then he goes against Tampa Bay. And Scott, let me tell you to your fantasy playoffs here. I'm fairly certain you will be targeting players going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think you're going to avoid the pewter (laughs) pirates. Okay. And he gets lit up at home. So you cannot tell me that this team, this defense is good. Shazier's tremendous. I think he's all pro. Listen, I've told you about this. Their secondary is horrific. Listen, it may be but, the worst in the NFL, and I can't uh, see how you can It's not the, the worst in the NFL because they're like third best against the pass. So oh, obviously, it's on, not the Scott, worst in the NFL. Come on. Listen. Give me a break. You AJ yourself, Green, you could you go? Who, you who, you who, is, who is Mike Tomlin scheduling? Who's Mike Tomlin scheduling? Is John Ross? You know, AJ Green's wide open last night. Is anybody guarding AJ Green? You admitted last week. That you didn't even watch that game, okay? The Steeler Packer game. Now, unless you tell me you went and watched the whole three hour game. I watched the highlights on, on replay, NFL replay. The highlights. The, next the highlights on NFL yeah. replay. Yeah. And you know what? The highlights you saw was really all Green Bay did in the game. But regardless, they put up 28 points. What I've told you, Brett Hundley was a smart He's defending Brett Hundley throwing for three I'm, touchdowns. He's defending this. Folks, do you I'm hear this? And he tells me he's not biased. Three I'm touchdowns in Pittsburgh. Night you, game. I can feel it. Brett Hundley killed you. Well, did I expect to see you playing Brett Hundley on Sunday? No. But could I argue that was a bad move? No, I couldn't. A, because of what he did the, uh, the week before, and B, because Tampa Bay stinks. So, listen, it's one of the, it's it's just like the Jordan Howard thing. It's the worst rushing defense at home in the NFL. Like it's 30 yards. I, I, do you you think, don't get it. Uh, do you think – and here's the other thing too. I, and I, I do lean on the coach, Scott, a lot. I think the coach matters. Mike McCarthy isn't exactly second coming to Bill Walsh either. So, I mean, if you told me that he had a great offensive mind, you know, like Belichick, who's just a phenomenal coach, with, with Matt Castle, I could see it. That had to be Hundley because you know it's not Mike McCarthy. No, <laughs> that's not. My, yeah, that's my friend out in Milwaukee, but I think of Mike McCarthy. Okay. I mean, that's not, that's not the big deal. But you know what? They're hanging around too. They could. Did they, I don't. I forget who they play this week on top of my head, but you know if they get the seven and six, you know what's his name? Rogers is knocking on the door to come back in week fifteen. Hey, don't worry, big. Don't worry, big no. guy. Okay, if uh, once I lose by two hundred points in Yahoo, 
you know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. He's going on the waiver wire. So as long as you have a better waiver wire pick, okay, he can stick it to you, buddy. There, you know what I mean, babe? <laughs> you know, you know, you know what? Remember that question you asked me a couple of weeks ago? Who the best team in the NFC was? And I said the Vikings. It's not looking yeah, too bad. Yeah, looking now. real good. Looking real good. But hey, let's. That's not knee jerk. I know you're big knee jerk. I want to trade a Julio Jones stop for five weeks. Jerk. Okay, oh, little knee jerk. Just because the Eagles didn't didn't beat the Seahawks in Seattle, all of a sudden they're not the best which, team. Which, Take it by easy. the way. I think it was my maybe one. I, I don't know. I think it was one, and three, one and three or two yeah. and two. But I told you, I'd love to see Hawks get points at home. That Excellent was, that was job. Fun. Excellent job. A couple other things here, Scott. Quick, then we'll get to the review. I'm getting questions about Steven Anderson of the Texans. Okay, CJ Fedorowicz concussion is back to the IR, so Steven Anderson is going to be the, the Week 14 starter for the Texans. Last week, Scott, he had five passes for 79 yards after Fedorowicz went out against the Titans. Is he worth it? Is he worth a flyer? Are you running to the waiver wire for Steven Anderson? I- <laughs> no, I'm not. And I got to tell you, I'm glad I have a buy in Yahoo this week with Zach Ertz and concussion protocol. So that's <laughs> a great, one. great timing to have a buy. But no, no, Steven Anderson, I'll pass. I think I mean, a lot of those yards and catches came, I think, in the fourth quarter when they were trying to chase and get back in that game. You know, yeah, it's, so it's hard narrative to. to it's really, really so. tough. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I just want to let you know, Scott. You got the giant, the Giants debacle. Uh, giant, yeah, oh, yeah. Give all the Giants. Guess who started again Sunday? Yeah, it's the only thing, Scott. It's apparent. You got to read between the lines. Uh, I'm in politics as well, so I kind of get this stuff once in a while. Uh, you know, Marek can't come out and say what really happened. It's apparent. It's apparent that he knew about it. It's apparent that he he got convinced to do it. But if you're going to fire McAdoo, you can't end Eli streak. That's my only I thing. Agree. That's and my at this only point, thing. Yeah, you know, I was listening to the radio today and somebody brought it up that maybe they went about it this way and maybe Maro did know about it a little bit more this way when they want to break free of Eli if they want to next year. They don't have to worry about, well, you know, he started so many games in a row and this, how can you let him go? So maybe something like that had to do with it. But listen, here's here's my narrative on this thing real quick was that if it was Tom Coughlin and he said Davis Webb was starting – I don't even think there's that much of an uproar. Agreed. But well it was said. the fact that it was well Ben said. McAdoo, yep. who no Giant fan liked, and he went to Geno Smith, who every Giant fan has seen because he played for the Jets for multiple years, is really just what ticked everybody off. All you listeners out there, again, this is one of these Mike Randall crazy theories, but follow it. You get rid of a fantastic coach. The next year you tend to be pretty good, and the year after you bonk. I was saying 5-11 and for the Giants on the beach. People look at me like I'm crazy. No, I'm not. Coughlin matters. Coughlin matters. McAdoo, the hair slicked. Give me a break. That's the thing. I just feel bad for Eli Streak. That's all, Scott. But here's the yeah. thing. You want to be real cynical? You know how much support he has right now? He's got a yeah. standing ovation on Sunday, and he probably wouldn't have gotten that, right? Yeah. And you know, now because McAdoo's gone, there'll be more Giant fans there. You would expect the Giant fans not to go, but again, they'll be there now. It's the Cowboys. They'll try and do whatever they can to, you know, dash the Cowboys' playoff hopes. So th- th- there will be some legit energy in that stadium for a team that's 2-10. and ten. Scott, what, what did uh, Mad Dog used to say? Fannies in the seats? Fanny, yep, fannies, fannies in the, in the seats. seats. There will be fannies in the seats. I can't say there will be fannies in the seats for the Eagle game or the Redskins <laughs> game afterwards, but this Dallas game, there will be people there. Fannies in the second quarter. Uh, Scott, the Thursday game, we were talking about it when it went on. Cowboys 38, Washington 14. Disappointing for me. Man, Thursday night stink. And I thought this would be a better one, Scott, because remember, they played on Thanksgiving. So they really had a full week. I, I thought it was going to be fine. But disappointing across the board. We'll start with the Redskins. Kirk Cousins was solid, 251, 2-2. So talk to me about Kirk Cousins moving forward and talk to me about this mess of a receiving core. Jamison Crowder was okay. He had a couple passes go off his hands, drop some. But Ryan Grant, 5-76 for and a touchdown. So talk to me about Crowder and the passing game there for the Redskins. 
Yeah, it's one of those one of those Thursday night games you really can't figure out. I mean, the Cowboys look terrible on Thanksgiving against the Chargers, and you think the Redskins are playing for this season will come in there and get the job done, and they get blown out of the building. Uh, Cousins, it's going to be fine. Uh, you could still take put Cousins out there confident and that he'll put up points. That receiving game, though, I mean, it's apparent he likes Ryan Grant. I mean, because it's not just one week. It's been multiple weeks where Ryan Grant's got a significant amount of targets, which he's taken away from Crowder. And listen, Crowder... Dropped a slant route that might have led to a touchdown in that game. Um, and he, he had a couple drops and a fumble. And, you know, Josh Dotson salvaged my night by getting a touchdown. I didn't He's sit a him. little feast I, or famine. He is. He, he is. I mean, I, I, I eventually I was luckily to make the right call because I started him over Emmanuel Sanders who got hurt in the first quarter. So, you know, in hindsight, it was the right move. But. I think Dotson's got the ability, but yeah, he's a little feast or famine. Yeah, I think Ryan Grant is cutting into both Crowder and Dotson's ability to make plays. You know, P. Ryan, he's getting to work. It was a disappointing night there, 12 for 38, 3 for 31. But I think you may have made the right call that he could be one of those difference makers down the stretch here as we start the playoffs in week 14. So he could, if you picked him up, he may be one of those guys that can you know help you get to the next round. Vernon Davis had another disappointing game too. So yeah, it, it's tough to get a really a good read. But Cousins, I think, is going to be fine. I still think Crowder is the play here out of these three wide Tiger. receivers. Tiger, yeah. Um, you know, and Dotson's got the big playability. I just don't. I know Ryan Grant's going to be a popular pick this week. I mean, because now we're week fourteen. It's the playoffs. People are going to get desperate. You know, guys who have Juju or Cooper may be out. Now you're looking yeah, for a stretch yeah. play. And Ryan Grant's going to be a popular pick. I just, I don't know. I can, can you really rely on Ryan Grant to? If he goes out and gives you 576 and a touchdown, I think you're happy with that. But he's going to do that every week. I just can't guarantee it. So for me, it's still Crowder. And then after that, you know, Dotson and Grant fight for the uh, production we, numbers. Scott, we should do a whole offseason podcast on the Washington Redskins. I mean, do you remember Terrell Pryor? I was tweeting out that catch in the end zone. This team has been fascinating. I thought Jameson Crowder was going to lead the league in, in receptions. I actually mentioned that that could happen, as a lot of fantasy analysts did, by the way. I wasn't the only one. Uh, Terrell Pryor has been a bust. You can argue he's a huge bust. I'll argue Mike Evans. We'll get to that later. But the running back situation, people liked Rob Kelly, did hashtag backfield drafting here. It actually worked with P. Ryan because you could have, if you had Kelly, it wasn't great, but now P. Ryan's been okay. I still think Cousins is, Scott, I think, I still think because quarterback's so weird, I think, what do you think? He's top six, rest of schedule, something like that? Seven? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be top 10 for sure. Uh, I mean, six or seven could be right. You know, he's got the Giants. Uh, I think they get, uh, I think they played the Cowboys twice. So he gets the Giants and, you know, the Eagles, he's played twice for So, yeah, I mean, I think. He can definitely be a top seven, top eight guy for sure. Wow, I'm shocked, Scott. Des Bryant called, caught a jump ball touchdown in the end zone. Can you believe that? I, I can't believe yeah. it's a jump ball yeah. touchdown. It's amazing. Yeah, it's about, about time, right? It's about <laughs> time that he did. Uh, listen, Give me Des- Dallas breakdown. Go ahead. Now look, Dak Prescott threw for 102 yards and two touchdowns, and his team scored 38 points. So, I mean, listen, it's you know efficient, I guess. I, I, I noticed he was actually dropped in a few leagues that we're in. Um, but I guess, you know, we, we failed to talk about it beforehand. Maybe it was the Alfred Morris revenge game, huh? 27-127 in the score. Not as good as the Robbie Gould revenge game. We'll get to that one later. <laughs> yeah, Robbie, Robbie Gould got his too, for sure. Uh, look, Alfred Morris is, uh, you know, going to be for the next couple weeks until Elliot comes back, which I believe is, what, week 16 he comes back? So you got week 14 and week 15. If you're a Morris owner, you got to send him out there. He's going to be a legit, you know, he's going to flirt with RB1 status, I think, each week. It's a good effort, 27-127 in the touchdown there. And you talked about Des Bryant, but there's nobody else there. I mean, Jason Witt caught a touchdown, but he only had one catch. I don't know. I don't think he's reliable enough down the stretch. And there's just nothing else there. I mean, you know, Terrence Williams stinks. Cole Beasley stinks. And, no, I mean, Noah Brown got a catch for negative two yards. So, I mean, really, 
look, so I, I guess I could start to look at your, your perspective on Prescott saying he just doesn't have the weapons. And when you look at a line like this, you know, Scott, if Morris can draft, run the ball the way he does. Draft a receiver. Draft a receiver, please. Well, they, they drafted a couple receivers. I mean, I know they're no, not big good games, receivers. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, Terrence, lot of talk about Williams, that Ryan Cole Switzer Beasley, kid, right? Ro- Brian Switzer, he's Cole Beasley. So I'm going to do that that Spider-Man meme or whatever the heck that is. They pointed at each other. I mean, it's basically the same guy, isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? Not for nothing. Look at, you know, all the receivers that were drafted this year, right? You know, Corey Davis, eh, John Ross can't even get on the field. You know, the one guy who made the most impact was the one really everybody dismissed, and that was Smith-Schuster. I mean, what other receivers that were drafted this year have made immediate impacts? I don't th- – well, here's – John the, Ross has been inactive. Listen, he can't I, I was, get on the field. Yeah, I was never a John Ross guy because he had one good year and then he was injured coming into it. So when we – I was doing some uh, writing for, for Last Word of talking about prospects. I was not a John Ross guy. Corey Davis is going to be good. There's just a lot of mouths to feed there. That's the cliche, right? But, but is sure- there really? I mean, you have Matthews yeah, and Walker, and then what? Because here's the thing. I mean, uh, Tyre- Eric Decker's not doing anything for you. Rookie wide receivers take a while to get acclimated to the system. Remember, Davis was hurt at the beginning of the year, also. So was Mike Williams. So really, the high draft pick guys were injured. Yes, he's going to throw to Richard Matthews. Marcus Mariota is. I am Robot Mariota. I do not throw it to you unless you're open. You must be open. So he's not going to ram the ball in yeah, there. Yeah, talk about busts, by the way. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, I, you know, Brothersburg is going to sling it all over the place, and Schuster's done a real nice job. Yeah, but, yeah um, he found he found a good spot there. That, you know, he's not, he doesn't do this probably anywhere else. He did in Tennessee. It's it's the system. The system yeah. helps you, too. This guy's got to be better than Terrence Williams. That's all i got to tell you, because Des Bryant's going to get older. He's a jump ball guy. He's, he's basically minute ball. That's what he is right now. I, I, you know, I can't say Terrence Williams is terrible. Beasley, people are talking about him. He increased his catches, right? He had like, the people at 90 catches for Cole Beasley. That's a disaster. Jason Winton's 100 years old. This team, this offense is not good. Bring Zeke back. The line will get better and draft explosive playmakers. Please. Yeah, you, you got to get somebody there. Yep. Next up, Vikings, Falcons. This was a, you know, build as a big game uh, going in. Both teams were, you know, are fighting for position. The Vikings now sit atop the NFC with the Eagles at 10 and 2 after a 14 to 9 win. And, you know, we've been saying it each week and it just continues. Case Keenum can't go anywhere, my friend. I mean, he's just doing what it takes to win the games for the Vikings. And you know what? 227, two touchdowns in Atlanta on the road against the defending NFC champs. It's a very, very good outing by Case Keenum. Maybe he's someone you could target for these games matchup dependent. Uh, Take it easy with that. Case Keenum is one of these guys, Scott, that's good in real life football, but not great in fantasy. People were yelling at me because I did not have Case Keenum in my top 12 quarterbacks. Now, listen, he did finish up there, but let's take it easy, folks. 227 and 2, it's not like he threw for 350, okay? He's a very serviceable quarterback. He's done an excellent job for the Vikings. You called it. The Vikings, I'm still not giving up with the Eagles, but certainly it's reasonable to say that the Vikings are going to be better than the Eagles and could be the number one seed right now. But I think we have to hold the fo- The Case Keenum game, Scott, is coming. The bad game is coming. I believe that people regress to the back of their card. Now, if you're going to be Julio Jones and be mediocre and have 70 yards receiving for five weeks and then go berserk with 50 fantasy points, that's one way to do it. I'm going to flip it, Scott. Case Keenum will have a three-interception game. It's coming. It is now, coming let me ask you, even if that game comes, right, say it comes next week and they lose and they go to 10-3, and three, you're still sitting at 10-3. and three. Are they – I mean, can you, with confidence, 
in the position you're in, go to a quarterback who yes. hasn't played in two years yeah, if, if for, the, for the playoff run? If it's if it's bad enough, yes. If it's bad okay. enough, yes. Listen, I'm not talking about in real life, man. I'm talking about in fantasy. I'm saying if someone right now is okay. fired up about starting Case Keenum the rest of the year, you're making a mistake. You're going to get the Brett Hundley game from next week. It's coming because he's not all of a sudden great. He's been really good this year, and the back of his card says what? He's been mediocre. So it's coming. But just take it easy on him. But he has been serviceable. The running game, Scott, Latavius Murray. And here's what other, what bugs me too. A lot of the things we bought into, I'm going to tell you what I bought into. I didn't buy into DeMarco Murray. You know what I bought into in Tennessee? The offensive line, which has not been good. On the flip side, the Minnesota Vikings had the worst offensive line in the league last year, Scott. They have one of the best this year. Latavius Murray is not fast. He was 4.8 yards a carry against Atlanta in Atlanta. Jarek McKinnon. Struggle, did get the touchdown catch, which was nice in his in his uh, homecoming there, which was nice, but he's still not great on on the on the run. Wide receivers, Adam Thielen is solid. He's always going to be solid. You mentioned it; he may be the best draft pick out of everyone. I think Sky said his ADP is like a hundred and something or something. Yeah, it was like, like that. one. I think it was like one forty-seven when I went through the uh, numbers. Maybe one forty-seven or one seventeen. But he, he was regardless, either one is a steal. Who has two thumbs and dropped him after week two? This guy, uh, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph got touchdown. He's not a high volume guy. And Stefan Diggs. Folks, I am persona non grata among the fantasy experts. They tweet me all the time. Josh Hermsmeyer, uh, Ben Cummins t- tweets me. Uh, so many of these guys tweet me back and they, they rip on me. They love Stefan Diggs. What is, why does everybody love Stefan Diggs, Scott? What, what am I missing? All I heard of this week is that Jacob Rickroad, one of the great fantasy minds out there, what is the deal with Diggs? Who liked my DFS lineup, by the way? He did. He did very much. It was a good lineup. If Jordan Howard isn't terrible, that lineup's going to win you a lot of money. About 190 points, that lineup. I, Stephon Diggs, Scott, all I heard this week was, oh, he's in a dome. Oh, he's on carpet. Oh, is, oh, guys, enough. Case Keenum, Scott just told you, is playing as good as he freaking could be playing, and Stephon Diggs is laying egg after egg. Enough. He is not a what? What are we waiting for here, folks? What is the, the, the love for Stephon Diggs? Yeah, and if you look at the, the target share here, I mean, Keenum in this game, just Thielen, Rudolph, Diggs, McKinnon, only about five targets. So, you know, unlike Fitzpatrick and Gabbert and these other quarterbacks, Keenum is not just zeroing in on one guy. He is spreading the ball around, which is making it even more impressive. He's got Thielen involved. Kyle Rudolph's had a resurgence now for two or three weeks. And, you know, if he gets all these other guys going, then it, well, Diggs will take a hit. Listen, Diggs is a good receiver. He's a yeah, rich, we, Scott, he's a rich man's Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, That's well, you know, a couple of weeks ago you were talking about how he was very, very good and at the top of the list. I started I, drinking the damn Kool-Aid. So, I drank so, the other so, people's Kool-Aid. Stupid. Yeah, well, Stupid. listen, maybe you did. Listen, a couple of bad games. I don't know. But listen, he's a good receiver. But there are targets. There are weapons there. I mean, McKinnon is a weapon out of the backfield. And now we can kind of see that Murray's going to get more of the carries. And McKinnon, in order to produce, is going to have to do it you know, with catches and screens and whatnot. And he can do that. And then, yeah, Rudolph, if Rudolph continues to produce, that'll open up more targets and takes away from Diggs. And it's just how it is. But Thielen has been week in, week out, the consistent five, six, yeah. seven catch guy. And Re- that's he's what he's been. Really quick on Atlanta, Scott, I'll go fast. Matt Ryan, fine, bad game, but he still has a really good schedule. Devonta Freeman, first game back. You have to like 74 yards rushing and a catch in his first game back from the concussion. Wasn't great. That's fine. Tevin Coleman, so so much potential, but is relegated now to pretty much an RB2 if you, if you want to start him. Julio Jones, two for 24. Scott, so predictable. And here's the thing. You got to go deeper than this. You can't tell me that Xavier Rhodes got lit up by Marvin Jones. Therefore, Xavier Rhodes isn't good. You, you can't go by that. You have to. This is a big game. It's a big game for seeding, for NFC, you know, getting a home game and a bye. Xavier Rhodes dialed it up. They shut down Julio Jones. He's had it before. He had a big game last year, and then he bonked the next game. Mohamed Sanu, I just wish he would get more targets. But... 
Uh, outside of that, listen, big win for Minnesota. Atlanta will be fine moving forward. Both are making the playoffs. Both are really good. Yep, they are. Next game, San Francisco at Chicago. Scott, the Robbie Gould game. All the points scored were by Robbie Gould. How did we miss this one? You could have picked him up on the waiver wire, I'm sure. Talk to me about Chicago, San Francisco. All right, so everybody's got to calm down on the Jimmy Garoppolo hype. Listen, he looked well. He played well. He didn't throw any touchdown passes, drew an interception, 293 yards, and he spread them all around. Very good. But he did it against the Bears. You know, we're watching recap shows on NFL Network the next day, and they're waxing poetic about an 82.4 quarterback rating as if he did something <laughs> fantastic here on the road. Relax. He's going to improve the team. He's going to be good. But I'm telling you right now, don't rely on him to be a fantasy star for you in the playoffs. Not when he's at, at Houston. Home Tennessee may be the only game. Home Jacksonville at the Rams. So ease up on Jimmy Garoppolo in his next couple games. He'll be better. He'll be good for them. But – just let, let's slow our roll here on you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo hype train. 82.4 quarterback rating is not exactly the best. Scott Carlos Hyde had three receptions, only 12 yards. Got 17 rushes, didn't do much with him. Bears tough against the rush at home. How do you see Hyde moving forward? Matt Breida, 12 for 45. Is he, is he an issue? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he is. I mean, we both agreed that Hyde would get a, you know, be a big beneficiary from this. It turns out to be Marquise Goodwin was a beneficiary from Jimmy Garoppolo. Eight of eight on the targets for 99 yards for Goodwin. So I'm sure they're going to work Brieta in more so it maybe becomes a 60-40 split. So it could hurt Hyde owners going down the stretch here. And you know, even this week coming up, I wouldn't tell you, at Houston, that's not exactly a great place for any running back to be playing anyway. The Texan defense is very good against the run. So you know Hyde could be a borderline low RB2 this week at the Texans. So you've got to be a little bit worried about Carlos Hyde. Flip it over, offensive train wreck, which is Chicago. <laughs> Trubisky, 12 of 15 for a touchdown. His quarterback rating is 117.2, but no one's waxing poetic about him. He's better than Brett Brett Hundley. Yeah. uh, I can't figure out the Jordan Howard thing here. I mean, I'll stress again, the DFS lineup I put out scored 190-something points. We cashed. We cashed well. But Jordan Howard would have really put us at a mark that really would have really made some noise for everybody. And I know there's a couple guys actually played my lineup. I got tweeted that thanking me. So thank you. You're welcome. Maybe we can do it again next week. But Jordan Howard was the one guy on that lineup that if I looked at it said, okay, there's my lock for 18 points this week. Got me 4.8. Yep. 4.8 against the worst run defense in football at home. I just don't get it. So obviously, you know, French toast is on me. Most says whatever you want. It's on me this uh, at the end of the season, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, you called Dontrell Inman as a safe play last week. Look, that touchdown helps. But 2 for 21, not much there. Tariq Cohen caught the most passes. I think that's all you need to know about the receiving core of the the Bears, it's just it's non-existent. There's going to be some wholesale changes there. I mean, Trubisky is going to be the guy, I believe, but there'll be a new coach. There'll be a new staff in place there next year also. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, you get the Brett Hundley game, my friend. Packers win the game 26-20 in overtime, but it wasn't Brett Hundley. It was Mr. One-Play Aaron Jones bringing it to the house in overtime to end the game for the Packers. Start with Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston, bounce-back game here. First game back, 272 scores on the road. Played well, even completed. You know, a good amount of his passes. So your thoughts, Jameis Winston, can he come back and be useful for anybody down the stretch? No, I wouldn't trust him. But this is a good sign for Deshaun Kaiser, who I will go back to again, Scott. The Browns are going to beat the Packers next week. It's going to be their one win of the year, and Deshaun Kaiser is going to be outstanding. So if you need a quarterback, I would pick up Deshaun Kaiser. We'll get to Josh Gordon later on and a lot of other stuff. But Jameis Winston with a bum shoulder who's not accurate when he's normally playing to go for 21-32 and 272 scores, no interceptions, in Green Bay, 
I think that's a good sign for Deshaun Kaiser. Peyton Barber actually had a good game. He was the starter there. Doug Martin, who knows what's going to happen to him when the year's over. He actually caught four receptions, 41 yards also. I do not get Mike Evans. I don't get the problem. I understand that he doesn't separate. He's not a big yards after catch guy. I think his yards after catch last year, Scott, were terrible. But it doesn't make any sense. He isn't as slow as Des Bryant. He is able to get open. He had a great preseason. He has been a disaster. He has killed me in league after league, overcoming the adversity. I don't need Mike. I need Mike Evans to just be mediocre at Green Bay with Winston back for Mike Evans to go two for 30, 33. Honestly, one of the biggest, if not the biggest bust of the year. Yeah, and you know he falls into that category you talked about earlier on about you know having a late round pick because he would either not, I'm not going to say he's going to be in that top twelve, but he would definitely been on the comeback for people that picked you know twelfth and eleventh and tenth in draft. So Scott, I'm not uh, going with wide receivers next year that can't separate. He is the bizarro Antonio Brown. He has the size and no moves. Brown doesn't have the size and can cut on a dime. He is the bizarro Antonio Brown. I don't get it. Looking over at Green Bay. Brett Hundley, enough. I guess that the Steelers thing was a mirage, which is very frustrating at home. All I was looking was for safes here, Scott. I was looking for 180 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one passing, one rushing. Something like that gave me nothing. 66 yards r- rushing, whoop de damn do. Receiving, the best guy is Adams, but he's not great either. Jordy Nelson, disaster. But at least Jordy Nelson was good when Aaron Rodgers was there, which Mike, Mike Evans has never been good. And that's pretty much it. Randall Cobb, nothing as well. So disastrous team game. How about Jamal Williams going forward? No, I think they they want it to be Jones. I think Jamal yeah. Williams is not good. He's not fast. He's a goal line guy. I think they need it to be Jones because he's got to be a three down back. So I think Montgomery goes back to wide receiver next year. I don't think he's going to the backfield. They yeah, don't have I think that. So. That makes sense. Maybe Williams will be the hammer. I don't know, but Jones is the guy moving forward. I, I put him. I did an article for Dynasty Trade Calculator. Should be coming out this week talking about if you can get Aaron Jones now because he's been out. If you can trade for him, people are going to be nervous. But Jamal Williams, jump on that, please. Uh, jump down here. The rest of our AFC games. Let's go all the way down to the bottom. Scott, New Orleans, Carolina. This was a game a lot of people were focusing on, talking about Drew Brees. Carolina comes in with a really good defense, so people wanted to see where they're at. It was a late game, pretty much an exciting game. 31-21, Saints beat the Panthers. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, this one's a little bit a little bit frustrating from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, we talked about last episode how Cam Newton's been lights out in New Orleans the past, you know, over the over the years and stuck him on my secondary lineup. I mean, look, 183, two touchdowns. It's okay, but I was expecting more from Newton there. 51, on the, 51 Russians, okay. Yeah, it, it helps. You know, what really helped me and really boosted that lineup up late was the uh, once Marshawn Lattimore was out of the game, Devin Funches. Change it. Change the whole game. Factor. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he went from zero catches in the first half to get four for 60 to score, which really added the 16 points, which helped our DFS lineup because I was about ready to say good call and no funches, but we'll take it any way we can get it. Uh, listen, I just expected more from Newton in this game, but it is what it is, 51 yards, 183, two touchdowns. He's going to be good, but there's going to be that one game or two down the stretch here where he just, you know, he'll throw through two interceptions, he'll fumble the ball, but Newton is going to be as reliable as you can you know, hope for down the stretch. The running game, you know, Jonathan Stewart, 11 for 45. Christian McCaffrey is still the guy to own because he, he gets the ball in the backfield, but Stewart is getting those goal line carries. So, you know, if you, you, you're you reaching or you have, you know, you're tired of DeMarco Murray, maybe you go to Jonathan Stewart. I, I, I'm not sure of that. But the receivers, I like Funches going forward. He gets the Lattimore game out of the way. He's been very good with Newton. So Funches is, a, you know, definitely 
definitely a low-end wide, wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two as we move forward. And like I said, McCaffrey's got the value to the backfield. But outside of that, you know, where where else are you going? I mean, you start Ed Dixon confidently. I'm not. You know, it, it sounds like Olsen's still banged up, so you're not going to see him for a little bit. You're not starting Brenton Burst and Russell Shepard. So really, it's Funches, McCaffrey, and I guess Dixon maybe. You know, you go to the New Orleans side, Drew Brees, 269 in the score. I guess you probably expected a little more, too, at home in this game, but he does well, efficient, you know, decent enough game if you play Drew Brees. Uh, and then you go to the running backs. It's it's the Ingram and Kamara show, and they just, both of them are just becoming fantasy gold. Ingram, 14.85 in a score. Kamara, 9.60 in two scores, and he adds five for 66. Ingram at six for 37. Scott, Ingram, di- Ingram didn't practice today. You concerned about that? Yeah, today's what Monday. Well, the game is Thursday. Short turnaround, so yeah, we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, you know, well, actually, today's Tuesday. Take that back. We are taping a day later. Yeah, a little bit concerned. If he doesn't practice on a Tuesday for a Thursday game, if he doesn't practice tomorrow. Be... He's in trouble. Oh, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, I mean, you can almost say he's not playing. And then you know, then everybody will really be on Kamara. But then you got to watch. See, it's Thursday, and if he's the only game in town. Yeah, he may not be as productive without you know, that two-headed monster. So you just got to be careful with that. So I'm sure Alvin Kamara owners don't want to hear that on a Thursday night game in the first week of the playoffs. But I think it helps that you have Ingram and Kamara back there because you're trying to scheme for two backs, and they're two different type of backs. But if it's just Kamara, and then what, T- Tavares Cadet, or I, don't, or I don't even know, Tavares Cadet's in Buffalo now. I don't even know what their string running back on top of my head is for the Saints, then you know it may take on a different scheme for uh, Kamara. Michael Thomas, 5 for 70 in the touchdown. It's good to see that. Nice game out of him. But then after that, again, the wide receivers. Ginn, 2 for 27. Coleman, 2 for 28. Sneed, 2 for 31. You know, you're not getting any other consistency outside of Michael Thomas. Ted Ginn's been good most of the year, but he's not consistent enough to rely on. So here, it's it's Thomas and the running backs. And if Ingram goes down, I think that changes the – if Ingram doesn't play, it changes the complexion of that game Thursday night. You covered it well, Scott. I was going to add one thing. I put this tweet out today. I'm doing some research for my next article for Last Word. Cam Newton has finished as a fantasy football QB9 or better, Scott, six times. In fact, that was twice he was a QB2, and once he was the best QB of the entire slate on a Sunday. So six times this year, he's been QB9 or better. And six times he's been QB 16 or worse. It's a coin flip, folks. And I don't think it's flipping the right way this week, but it may flip the right way when they host Tampa Bay, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you, know, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, and uh, Devin Funches all full go in that game against Tampa Bay. Next game we go to Arizona Rams go on the road. They double up the Cardinals 32 to 16. You know, from a fantasy standpoint, you got what you expect from a Jared Goff, and you probably got what you expected earlier from a Blaine Gabbert. So talk to me about the fantasy implications of this game. This was a nice job by Goff. 222 and a touchdown. I think that's pretty standard for him. Todd Gurley gets volume. Todd Gurley is a great pick. That's why I go back to this, man. If you were picking, Scott, to the mid-end of the second round, that's Todd Gurley area. It was a little bit of a reach to take Todd Gurley in round one. That's the problem. So that's why this guy, people who fell into this guy, did an excellent job. Cooper Cup is going to be very solid. Walken scored even though he had Patrick Peterson, so that was good to see. But Cup is the guy. Wood should be back this week, I think. I think he may be, be he may be back. Josh Reynolds, I was disappointed. I thought he'd have a nice, decent game there. He did not. Arizona passing. Save me, Blaine Gabbert. You're my only hope in Dynasty because it looks like Tyron won't play. But he's at home against Tennessee. Listen, Gabbert is what Gabbert does. He has 12 yards rushing. He had one touchdown, two interceptions, 221 yards. Hey, if you flip that around, Scott, you get two touchdowns, one interception. That's all you can ask for out of him. Larry Fitzgerald is a monster. He's found cocooning, never ages. Ten receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Rick 
Ricky Seals Jones, two for 44. That's not horrific. Uh, and as far as the running backs, they went with Ash Kerwin Williams there, 16 for 97. Again, going back to a long debate on how they just never really trusted Andre Ellington, who, by the way, I don't think was terrible in the Houston game. But now we'll get to that. He, he saw he saw he saw the field in that Houston game. Yeah, I, I listen. I think Arizona at home is always going to be difficult. They're going to try their best. David Johnson is not coming back this year. Gabbert could be okay. He's got some weapons. Maybe he fires a deep ball to JJ Nelson next week. Who knows? And Seals Jones, you know, it is what it is. The Rams are good. Big win. A road win is a road win, Scott, like your steals last night in Cincinnati. But you beat Arizona by 16 points on the road. That's a real solid win. Yep, not very good job by the Rams. And that NFC, you know, the Eagles, Rams, and Vikings, you know, plus the Saints. A lot of teams know one was looking at at the top of the top of the NFC preseason. Last NFC game, Scott, then we'll go over to AFC. The big one on Sunday night, Seattle and the C- and Philly. Seattle's front seven can always pressure the quarterback and in a banged-up Philly offensive line have finally caught up with them. Seahawks 24, Eagles 10, break it down. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I expected in this game, man. That's why I took the Seahawks at home. I think mean, it was the first time in, I think they said, 59 or 60 games the Seahawks were an underdog. And nonetheless, they were a five-and-a-half, six-point underdog at home. It just it had the feel of one of those games where if the Eagles were going to slip up, this was the spot. Look, Carson Wentz, 3 for 48, a touchdown interception. There's nothing wrong with that on the road. I know there's no Richard Sherman and so forth. Carson Wentz is fine, definitely making a case for the MVP, as is his opposing quarterback here who was running for his life all night long in this game, running circles around everybody. Did you see that pass, Scott, he threw, though? That was unbelievable. He put zip on that, man. I tell you, that game there, you talked about it last last, uh, episode, how you you can give Tom Brady the MVP every year. Russell Wilson, you know, he really, really – it's a big-time effort. It's only 227 and three touchdowns, but it's just he was running for his life he bon- all night Scott, long. he bonks again. It's Antonio Brown, if I had a vote. Well, it listen, and bonks you know against Antonio and you, Brown. And you know who brought that up? I was actually this morning on Good Morning Football NFL uh, on NFL Network. Nate Burleson said that his right now MVP is Antonio Brown. Uh, why, I know he's a wide he, receiver. Why does but, the NFL Network hire us? I mean, seriously. I had that last <laughs> week. Yeah, no, you did. You did. He did come out and say that, uh, you know, Kay Adams said Le'Veon Bell. I know you want to agree with that one, but. Oh, oh come it, on, Kay, it, for goodness it's, sakes. It's very, it's very 3.1 tough. seconds to hit the scrimmage line, by the way. That's going to age well. That's why he's got no burst for your burst argument. But anyway, let's go. No, we'll he has no burst because he takes so long. He's exactly. not intentionally anyway, standing anyway. behind the line. Don't, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. He has no, he doesn't have burst statistically. He doesn't have burst. You're telling me he's standing back there like C-3PO waiting for the line? Oh, come on, man. Anyway, go back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Wentz with a good game. The rushing game, listen, it's, you know, we both like a Jai in this game as the running back, but Blum's getting carries, Corey Clement's on the field. So there's definitely a share here. It's a matter of who could break off that one or two big play that's going to make it worthwhile for you in fantasy. I still believe a Jai is the guy to play. Corey Clement's getting more action here, especially in the passing game on third downs. He's going to be out there a lot. Like Eric Blunt, we know what he is. Neither one of us are fans, so forth. Nelson Aguilar almost single-handedly eliminated me from your league on Sunday night. He uh, he scored 29-something points. I wound up winning the, my matchup by 1.8, wow. and he wow. almost had a garbage-time reception at the end of the game to beat me. Uh, Nelson Aguilar killed me, but big game from him. Alshon Jeffrey, four for 61. I don't know how we can, if, if we can say this was just an admiration for Algalore with the Seattle secondary banged up. You know, I'd, I, I'd still look at him as a low wide receiver, two going forward. I think Jeffrey will stay hot. The Zach Ertz injury, I think, plays a lot into this, too, though. I mean, if it's just one week with the concussion, then Ertz will be fine. But if he's out multiple weeks, 
Then you got to look for Algalor to pick up some of the slack uh, for Ertz. And then you look at the rest of the line. There's really nobody else there. Maybe Trey Burton's a sneaky play if Ertz is out because he did get seven targets after Ertz went out and caught four balls for 42 yards. So maybe you could target Trey Burton for the time that Ertz is out to play tight end. On playerprofiler.com, Scott, the burst score is a statistical measure that combines the vertical jump and the broad jump. It is not an after-the-fact rating. It's an actual metric at the combine here. And his burst is 112.6, which is 18th percentile. It's not like he can control it. It, it is a fact. You, you under, I, I can't let this go. You understand. He is not selectively not bursting. He doesn't statistically have burst when compared to all running backs in the NFL. All right, so on the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson, <laughs> 227, three touchdowns, cements himself as an MVP candidate this week. So great job by Russell Wilson. Ran for his life all night long. Very impressive. Again, the Seattle running game, the running backs, they throw us another wrinkle. Mike Davis gets 16 carries for 64 yards. I had J.D. McKissick in a lineup thinking he gets some action. One for negative one. He does get a touchdown late in this game, which you know gets you a couple of points, but – Again, I have my own mistake, taking the Seattle back on a lower-end team. It's my fault. I know it. Went against my own thing. But Mike Davis, you know, he couldn't make the San Francisco 49ers three years ago. Now he's the lead back at Seattle. Go figure. 16 for 64. I'm still not trusting Mike Davis. Doug Baldwin, 5 for 84. He improved from that down game. But still, you expected more, I think, from Baldwin. But 5 for 84, you'll take. And then Jimmy Graham gets his red zone touchdown. He's been hot in the red zone, but that's really it. He's not getting anything else outside the red zone. So he's becoming touchdown dependent. Lockett gets a touchdown. McKissick gets a touchdown. Paul Richardson only two for eight. So Baldwin, nice game. But Russell Wilson was running for his life, played really well in this game. So kudos to Russell Wilson. You know, and people are going to panic about Carson Wentz. Folks, he was not horrific in this game. This is a tough place to play. Carson Wentz did a decent job. I understand he got picked off. He was pressured all night, but he throws for 348, one and one, Scott. That's not an awful night. I mean, people are, may, uh, trust me, again, there's a lot of quarterbacks who would love 348 on the road. I understand he lost a fumble too, but let's take it easy. I'm burying the guy. It's not like he threw for a yeah, buck no. 50 and got picked three times here. This is a tough thing. No, he was Seattle good. needed this game badly. And I think long-term, this could actually be good for the Eagles. I mean, it, you know, listen, you, you, it's going to be very hard to run the table going forward. This is a tough place to play. You think they win at the Rams lost, next week? They're staying, they're staying on the West Coast? You, they're staying on the West I Coast? Not, I have not really broken that game down yet. That's going to be another fascinating game. Uh, you get Wentz versus Goff. You get two teams. We're not expected to be at the top. Just going to be a very, very fun game to staying watch. Staying West. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? It's, it's all right. It's not Seattle. It's different. It's going to be a tough game. We'll break that down on Thursday. Yeah, third quarter. All right, third quarter AFC. Let's get this going. We get a lot on the AFC slate. So Patriots, Bills, twenty-three to three. This was the Rex Burkhead game again. Uh, Tom Brady, two fifty-eight. He actually threw an interception. Crazy as that sounds. I looked up to see if Hell froze over. It did not. Two fifty-eight interception for Brady. Uh, and then it was Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis break the rest of this game down for us. Eh, frustrating. The Mike Gilsley thing still eats at me, Scott. He was the goal line back. He fumbled the Jets. And that changed everything. And then Burkhead now has just inherited this role because the Patriots have gotten hot. And Belichick is a very superstitious guy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
Burkhead was just right place, right time. He's now their goal line back. I mean, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He came back off an injury. Gillisley fumbled. They just don't trust him. It's a shame. If Gillisley did not fumble that ball, I think he would be eating right now and being a fantastic running back. Deion Lewis is very solid. He's still the lead back, 15 for 92. He's also going to catch a couple balls out of the backfield. Although, wait, folks, the James White game is coming. He's not dead. Four for 32 for James White, but don't give up on that yet. Rex Burkhead certainly seems solid. I would not trust him when Hogan comes back he's probably very startable this week with no Gronkowski but I would not go nuts with Rex Burkhead that game is coming the bonk game is coming for him because there's so many guys involved in that lineup if James White gets hot it could easily see Rex Burkhead Scott having three fantasy points Brady's Brady Gronkowski was fantastic you can't trust the receivers Brandon Cook's two for 17 just makes me laugh every single time people continue to trust him Buffalo passing yeah you know Tyrod had a problem folks if you haven't caught on Ignore the numbers about the Patriots' defense on the on the things we see, like seventh in, in most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. It's a different defense now. They're they're probably one of the top three defenses in the entire league right now. So ignore all that other stuff. Belichick figured it out. That's why he's going to be in Canton. Okay, enough of this. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, volume alone makes him an RB1 every single week. Zay Jones, I'm not interested. Not a two for 22. Uh, Jordan Matthews is hurt. He's out for the year, Scott. I know you're very upset about that. Charles Clay should bounce back. Even if Peterman's in there, they're going to need somebody to catch the ball. But tough one for the Bills. They got a, a great schedule, three home games. But with Tyrod out, it just seems like it's going to be very, very tough. And the Patriots continue to roll. Yeah, if Tyrod Taylor's out, you can, you know, with the exception of McCoy, throw about everybody else out from a fantasy standpoint going forward. Houston, Tennessee. The Titans pulled out a big one. They also pulled out a late cover, by the way, Scott, if gambling was legal on the Derrick Henry now habitual 90-yard run with about a minute left to go in the game. He probably should have knelt down, by the way. But 24-13, Tennessee over Houston. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tom Savage, nice game on the road, but no one's playing Tom Savage, so we'll we'll skip it. Lamar Miller, 15 for 56. He gets four for 38. He's going to be a serviceable RB2. With Foreman out, they just they're not going to give Alfred Blue the ball. I mean, Ellington can cut into Miller's time, though. I mean, again, he only two carries for negative four yards, but he gets five for 56 in the passing game. So Ellington now, as we move forward, is going to be a factor. Uh, so we'll cut into Lamar Miller's time a little bit. I'd still put Miller in that you know mid to low RB2 uh, safety area there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. 14 targets, 8 for 80. doesn't score, but again, 8 for 80. And we talked about Steven Anderson. He only had 12 targets. I just... I, I, I don't know if I can trust him that way. I, I just can't. For me, I think it was more of they were chasing. He got a lot of catches late and so forth. Braxton Miller, 4 for 71. No one's there. Talked about Bruce Ellington a couple weeks ago, 1 for 7. So forget about Bruce Ellington. Hopkins will get the targets. He'll get the catches. He can go up. He's the opposite of Des Bryant. He will go up and get any ball he can get and wants. So Hopkins is a must start there. Tennessee side. I started Mariota over Roethlisberger uh, because of the home game, and I thought the game against Cincinnati would be tough on the road. You know, your, your narrative been on the road and so forth. And it uh, you, you st- really, you started even when Rashard Matthews was ruled out, huh? Interesting. Yeah, I, I did. I went with Mariota. I just the game was at home. I just felt like at some point this game, the Mariota game was coming. It, it, it hasn't, and I don't know if it is. One fifty in a touchdown. It didn't cost me, luckily, but. I mean, it's just frustrating. You know, I had a lot of stock in Mariota. I was big on him. We were both big on him. But I really, I drafted multiple leagues. It's really, really tough. You know, when we do the busts and boom show and stuff like that, Mariota will be a big topic there for us. And look, Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray, they get 11 carries each. But it's become pretty clear that the closer is Derrick Henry, not DeMarco Murray. And, you know, 
I know you love Murray, but I think you may be starting to finally come around, especially as you start the, the dust settles and you kind of break down some of your teams that didn't make it and see where you might have went Scott, wrong. Scott, I'm really not, though, man. Let's face it. He had a 75-yard run with 50 seconds left on third and five. It, it, you like, know, it's not, even, it's not even about the numbers. It's just But the Scott, sheer, without that run, it, the, the, Scott, the without that run he has 34 yards. Like, you can't tell me that he's a better option than DeMarco Murray. This is goes back to the Kareem Hunt theory. Well, Kareem Hunt's great because he has the most 50-yard runs in the first three I, weeks I, of history. It's he, not really saying he's the better option. I think it just kills Murray's value is really what it comes down well, to. Well, I'll tell you this. Murray wouldn't, Murray wouldn't run for 75 yards. So, I mean, it, I, think that, I think the killer here, man, I have to tell you, is the offensive line because they both stank. Like he, he, yeah, the average is seven point nine. They seven point nine yards per carry would be between Henry Murray and Mariota. It's just you know, it's it's not that the yards per carry haven't been there for some of these guys. They're just it, it, they're sharing. It's not enough for one or the other to produce big enough numbers, unless of course one breaks off a seventy five yard run, such as Henry did to close out the game. And I think that's really what the problem comes from a fantasy standpoint. You're relying on these guys to give you 12, 14 points in a week, but. If they only get 11 or 12 touches each, Such how can they do it? Team backfield drafting kryptonite. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Uh, Delaney Walker, 5 for 63 and a touchdown with no Rochard Matthews here. Eric Decker, been pretty much a waste in Tennessee, 3 for 27. And that's really it. Corey, Corey Davis, not this year, maybe next year for Corey Davis. Yeah, listen, uh, listen, all you Corey Davis truthers, you can go down the corner, okay, and sit down on your ass and shut the hell up next to the cream hunt truth is enough every week i say don't start Corey davis i get hate tweets coming from people what is the love of Corey davis folks he had less yards than philip supernaw so you know what down the street go see the cream hunt guy and sit next to him yeah yeah i agree and listen we'll get the cream hunt later but i, I sacked cream hunt in my yahoo league this week jerk mckinnon yeah, it's about similar production but yeah i had about enough of cream hunt as well Next game, I uh, pat myself on the back for this one. I uh, love the Dolphins yeah, here. Call, love call. their you defense. You stole that from me. I was so mad you stole that one from me. Number one DFS defense, the Dolphins. They put it on the Broncos, 35-9. to nine. Uh, Jay Cutler played well. <laughs> what do you think? Break this down here. Trevor Simeon, three interceptions. Uh, not so good quarterback play in Denver. Yeah, good one. Kenyon Drake also was your good call. You mentioned him. You had in your DFS lineup very good at the 42-yard touchdown run. 120 yards for him. For receiving, Kenny Still is still alive. He's still hanging around, much to the chagrin of Devontae Parker, who's been a huge bust as well. Jarvis Landry, very solid, 5 for 62. But Drake looks like a good play moving forward. Could he be the Tim Hightower this year, Scott? It's definitely possible. Denver, Especially with no Damian Williams. Denver, train wreck. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I was afraid this was going to happen, and I was right. They went back to C.J. Anderson with the, with the uh, offensive coordinator change. That meant they're going away from Devontae Booker. It's very clear, Scott, they don't think Devontae Booker can carry a big load. That's what they, yep. they don't think that he is. It's very um, Andre Ellington-like. They don't believe in him. Even though he technically had that at Utah, they don't believe in that. So I'd watch out for D'Angelo Henderson next year as well because I don't think C.J. Anderson's going to be there. But they went back to him, which meant absolutely nothing. He had 10 fantasy points if you believe in that stuff. Uh, you know, just on sheer volume. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. I'm really not talking anymore about Denver. But Miami's okay. And, you know, Cutler's fine. It was a bust, but he's fine. I mean, 235, 2-2. Two two. It's fine. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Miami's side, Drake's definitely a play going forward. Jarvis Landry, 5-62 is fine. But Devontae Parker owners, I tell you, that that episode we do on, on, on Fantasy Bust, that can only be a two, three-hour episode. There are so many guys uh, yeah. that we could discuss oh, in that God. episode. Yep. 
Jets 38, Chiefs 31. Scott, talk about this one. You know what annoys me is I'm staring at Alex Smith on the waiver wires out there. I'm starting Brett Hundley, and Alex Smith is staring out there with 366, four touchdowns, and 70 rushing yards. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, when you you look at this game from a DFS standpoint, the two quarterbacks here played integral parts in a lot of winning lineups. Alex Smith, 366 and four scores. I had Josh McCown on my team, 331 in the score, but he ran two in on the two QB sneaks. Nice to see quarterbacks still do that when they're at the half a yard line. Uh, but <clears throat> I can tell you what. You know, I'm sorry, Scott. You know who doesn't do that anymore? The Patriots. I think they're afraid of getting Brady hurt. You notice they don't do that quick sneak anymore on fourth and yeah. one. They're no, they, they, don't, they don't do that. And, and you know, neither do the Steelers. You think you know, a guy the size of Rothbard is just lean forward to get a first down. They don't do it either. But a lot of these big-time quarterbacks don't do it anymore because you're right. They're afraid of getting hurt. Meanwhile, Josh McCown's in there throwing his head into the fire every week. A lot of respect for Josh McCown. He's been very well. And the Jets are 5-7, and seven, but they have played some of the most exciting games of the year when you really break it down. A very fun game here, but they win this 38-31. Alex Smith told Pat Mahomes to take a seat. Now, the team is 6-6. Six and six. They're not going anywhere, so he may still be playing anyway at some point, Mahomes, because the team is imploding, but it's by no stretch Alex Smith's fault. 366 and four scores. The running game, Alex Smith had a 70-yard run, outdid all of Kareem Hunt's running, 9 for 40 for Kareem Hunt. Um, the Kareem Hunt hype is officially over. Three for 23 he had in the receiving game. Uh, the Tyreek Hill road game reappeared uh, big time. Six for 185 and two touchdowns. I stared at him for my DFS on my second lineup. I stared and stared. I did not do it. I really wish I did. Regret that move. This probably went out of cash anyway, but I did stare and didn't, didn't pull the trigger. And then Travis Kelsey had me banging my head four minutes into the game. He had three catches and two touchdowns, and I was facing him, of course, in three leagues. Like It just always seems to happen. But he cooled down the rest of the way, so yeah, I could deal with the 20-something points. Yeah, but Kelsey is going to be fine. Tyreek Hill on the road, play him at home, sit him, and that's it from a Kansas City standpoint. So well, it would be interesting to see what Kansas City does going forward here. They've you know started off, what was it, 5-0. and They're now 6-6. Six and six. And the Chargers, who we'll get to in a little bit, they're now 6-6. Six and six. That division looking pretty good for them. The Jets side, we talked about McCown. The backfields are tough to get a read on because they're both getting action. And then Elijah McGuire almost stole a touchdown, but it was reviewed, and Bilal Powell got it. I still, still think Forte offers more value here because he can catch passes, so Forte is there. And these two receivers are starting to heat up. Robbie Anderson's been great now. Jermaine Curse getting involved. Curse 9 for 157, Anderson 8 for 107. Anderson's a 1. Maybe Curse flirts with that low mid wide receiver 2 down the stretch because McCown's slinging it. The Jets are slinging it, so... Kudos on the Jets there, going for it there. And Safarian Jenkins, two for seven, but I think he'll bounce back and be fine down the stretch. I agree. Robbie Anderson's been a steal, man. He's producing every week. He's a guaranteed wide receiver one every week. Colts, Jaguars, your quarterback from two weeks ago, Jacoby Brissett. They went to Saxonville, and they did nothing. Jaguars win this game 30-10. to 10. Really not much to talk about from a Colts standpoint. I mean, Frank Gore moves up on the all-time list, so kudos to Frank Gore on a Hall of Fame career as he moves up that rushing list. Uh, not much from a fantasy standpoint, though, but you can break this game down. Yeah, thank God for Frank Gore because he's holding Marlon Mack's dynasty value down. Okay, that's what I think about Frank Gore, but he's a tremendous player. He's not a Hall of Famer. Let's take it easy, but he's a tremendous player. He's fifth all-time in rushing yards now, right? Stop I mean, that's got to mean something. Stop. stop. Purple I live in his third in strikeouts. Stop it. I, I, I hate the cumulative stats. We can't do Jim Tomei's 600 homers. We're going to do this all day? Okay, now let's move on. Jacksonville, this is one of the few games, Scott, that actually went the way everybody thought it was going to go. Saxonville, defense, dominant, the whole thing. Marquise Lee, 7 for 86 and a touchdown. D.D. Westbrook, solid, but short of 200 yards. Keelan Cole, whoever that is, had a touchdown. 
Fournette got the touchdown, only 57 yards, and Blake Borders was, was reasonable. It was exactly what it, what it thought it would be, 309, two touchdowns, a very conservative game, good game for Jacksonville. The defense is great, and they get a test. They got Seattle coming in. Is Seattle going to be hot next week, or is, is Jacksonville going to do it again? I tend to lean on Jacksonville, Scott, because they do pressure the quarterback. They do that every single week. I don't think Seattle's all of a sudden going to find a pass protection, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think we can find a top-tier high school team that could pressure the quarterback against Seattle because that offensive line is so terrible. So, yeah, Jacksonville will be – Russell Wilson will be running for his life again next week. So I hope he's got some brand-new spikes to break in. Ravens 44, Detroit 20. Detroit was trying to make this a game, Scott, in the second half, and then Stafford got hurt. Jake Ruddick, I'm sure, is going to lead Marvin Jones to multiple touchdowns next week in my bloodbath in Yahoo. Talk to us here about Detroit, Baltimore, where you see it moving forward. Are the Ravens starting to put it together? Ah, listen, the offense clicked. You know, Flacco looked better. I mean, they have you know, obviously the big, big game coming up this week. You know, they're in the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, they need, they're going to need a win. They stay afloat, keep themselves in that wild card position. I think they hold the sixth spot right now. So, or they'll be right there with the sixth spot. So, the big game coming up in Pittsburgh against the Steelers next week. The Ravens are definitely moving in the right direction. The defense has been pretty good all year long. It was a matter of the offense would start clicking, and it is starting to click. But quickly on Detroit, Stafford. 299, 292, a touchdown and interception. Uh, it doesn't sound like his hand or was broken, but it's still something you got to be monitoring there, so it could hurt his value down the stretch. Amir Abdullah was inactive, healthy scratch in this game, so a lot of people jumped on Theo Riddick, who got a touchdown, but Tion Green, yep, if you've started them, you're lying. 11 for 51 and a touchdown on a 33-yard long run for him. I don't really know what to make of Tion Green going forward, so we'll have to watch that for another week or two. Marvin Jones, 4 for 90. It's a pretty good road outing, uh, but like you said, if Stafford's not there, Jones, Tate, they all take a hit here with Jake Ruddock. So the Stafford thing really will uh, lean heavily on the success of Jones, Tate, Ebron, and so forth. So really got to monitor that situation in Detroit. Go back to the Ravens, 269 and two scores for Joe Flacco as he starts to get things going in the right way. Alex Collins has a stranglehold on this backfield, 15 for 75 and two touchdowns. He is a solid play rest of season, rest of playoffs if you have him. Uh, Danny Woodhead, three for nine. Buck Allen, seven for 22. Really, you know, Woodhead, he's healthy, but he's just not He's not going to be involved. I actually dropped him in a couple leagues that I had stashed him in. This is Alex Collins' backfield here. I mean, he'll have maybe Woodhead will have that game where they need him to get five, six, seven catch, uh, catches, but really Collins is the guy to own. And Mike Wallace has now done this a couple weeks in a row now. It's not really hasn't been feast or famine now for about three weeks. Very Jeremy Mac- yeah. yeah, Jeremy Macklin's been a disappointment. But Mike Wallace, five for 116, gets that long 66-yard pass. But this is about three, I want to say at least three weeks in a row, where he's put up big numbers, uh, good stat line. So maybe Mike Wallace is coming into his own. Is it the Mike Wallace revenge game next week in Pittsburgh? Maybe it is. Oh, five for be. 116, you know, so watch that one. Benjamin Watson could be a sneaky tight end play down the stretch here. You know, with Macklin disappointing and Woodhead still trying to get his feet together and Allen there, I think Watson could be sneaky. Maybe this, you know, second on the team in receptions behind Wallace, if that's the case. So could be a sneaky play there. But the Ravens are getting hot. It's a big game Sunday Sunday night. I believe it's a uh, NBC game Sunday night. Yep, Steelers-Ravens. So big game for them as they want to stay in that wild card hunt. And they have the Steelers with a three-game lead in the division, so I think a win here would pretty much wrap the division up and any concerns for the Steelers. So big game coming up, but the Ravens are moving in the right direction. Browns, Chargers. Browns are now 0-12. Chargers 6-6, six and six, now tied with Oakland and Kansas City atop the uh, abysmal AFC West. But the Chargers win this one 19-10. Uh, talk to us from a Cleveland standpoint. You were big on Kaiser. Serviceable game on the road. 215, a touchdown on the pick, and he did have 46 yards rushing. So... 
I know you like Kaiser going forward. I know you like him next week for sure. But, you know, break this down from a Cleveland standpoint and talk about Josh Gordon's return. Yeah, Gordon was okay. I, I really, I have to tell you, Scott, I don't understand what happened to Corey Coleman. I mean, Corey Coleman here on the road in Cincinnati against a good pass defense, Pac-Man Jones, eight catches, 80 yards, whatever it was. I don't get this at all. I mean, he's basically Gordon drew most of the coverage from Hayward. I don't understand what was wrong with Corey. He's a tremendous wide receiver. He's going to get the, the second best guy in, in the Chargers. And they didn't even get him a ball. Yeah, they didn't even get a target, Scott. I, I, this is one of the most mystifying things I've ever heard in my life. I, not a target for Corey Coleman. He gets in Cincinnati. He gets eight. It makes no sense. And Kaiser attempted 32 passes. So it's not like it was 20 passes. And I, I think David I'm Scott, Joku woke up. It's crazy. I'm going to call it right now for our loyal listeners. I'm, I'm Mike Randall week early. I'm telling you, Corey Coleman's got a big week this week. I, I know we're into Josh Gordon now. He had four for 85, which is better than I thought he would do. I understand that. Same here. And, and but. And by the way, it's very funny. They 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 sent somebody tweeted my tweet that I said Coleman will have more points than than um than Gordon to old takes exposed on Twitter at old takes exposed. They just kept liking it. I think it had like two hundred likes. People were like liking it and retweeting it. So they're, they're trying to annoy me with the likes. You know what I do, Scott? I just follow them. See if they follow me back. There you I'm go. Trying to make yeah, it, but, you still them. you still at ten and a half. Where you got to be approaching that big number there. No, no, no still still ten point four. But uh, that's pretty much it. And Joku is great to see. You know how much I love him. He's a great athlete. Four for seventy four and a touchdown. Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, really disappointing. Don't get the deal there. He should be involved more. He's a guy who could be really good next year. Another dynasty guy if you're looking to trade, could buy high on because, again, he's the all-time leading rusher in Miami. Don't forget that in college. Phillip Rivers, I expected one more touchdown. Didn't quite get that. Melvin Gordon, 4.1 a carry. Amazing. Miracles happen, only 77 <laughs> yards. They get those four catches, though. That's why I, I stay with them. Tyrell Williams, really disappointing. And Keenan Allen, man, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. Devin McCourty, it doesn't matter. 10 for 105 and a touchdown. Why did you not hit accepting that Jarek McKinnon deal? <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Henry, 7 for 81, which is serviceable. And Travis Benjamin, who had to be my dynasty star because I've lost Edelman. I lost Michael Crabtree to suspension. I lost Rashard Matthews. I understand Travis Benjamin. At least he was serviceable. But, yeah, Chargers are making a move, man. 6-6, six and six, yeah. and the Browns are going to win next week in Green Bay. You can t- They're going to beat Green Bay at home. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, this game helped with DFS as well. We had Allen and Hunter Henry, so as they racked up the points in that late game, we moved up the board. So big games from them. But yeah, again, I said a couple weeks ago I thought the Chargers were winning this division, and I'll say even more, some more conviction now. I think they're going to win this division. So Oakland twenty-four, Giants seventeen. Uh, vegetable lasagna? What do you got for me? I did say Cordell Patterson is going to be the best receiver in this game, and I got crushed. But I think I was right. No, on that you one, did. Wasn't I good, good job on Cordero Patterson. <laughs> uh, I think we got what we expected from Geno Smith. Listen, he didn't throw an interception. You know, he was serviceable two twelve. I, uh, you're, you're, despite your. Yeah, you know, tongue-in-cheek comment of I might pick him up. I don't think many people play Geno Smith, but it is what it is. It was, it was just the cluster, you know what, that was the Giants, which is now getting rectified as we speak. Orleans Darkwa again gets a touchdown, but only 14 for 32. I just wish he was involved more. I think he's I think he's better than they give him credit for, and they don't just let him take chances. Evan Ingram, 7 for 99 in the touchdown. He gets back in the statutes. Hopefully he continues going forward for playoff owners with Ingram. I think he should be fine. Sterling Shepard, 3 for 56. You know, these numbers, again, with Geno Smith, they should translate to with Eli Manning. Again, there'll be a lot of emotions against Dallas next week. So I like I expect Ingram with a nice game, and I think Shepard will have a good game as well with Eli back at the helm. And really, that's all you're looking for from the Giants. There's really not much else there. So I'm going to get Darko one more shot next week against Dallas at home. Uh, but after that, you may have to worry. You know, he may not be good enough to roll with during the playoffs. But Ingram, I think, will be fine, and Shepard should be okay as long as he's healthy out there. 
Derek Carr took a long time to get going in this game. Yeah, I think in the first half, he was looking at something like 80-something yards passing. It was just not, you know, Marshawn Lynch breaks a big touchdown run and then does nothing the rest of the game. DeAndre Washington scores a touchdown. I still don't like Lynch. I mean, I know it's 17 for 101, but it's a 51-yard run after that, 16 for 50. I just, I don't trust Marshawn Lynch in the system. So for me, he's just, he's a non-play. I, I will not play I'm with you, man, Lynch. but I think I think he's good in a, in a cruddy running back year. That's what he is. I don't think he's great at all, but it's, it's better than DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean I, well, I guess this week he was better anyway. I mean, he's yeah, it's also had some weeks where he was like 10 for 18. So it, it, he broke the big run, you know, so be it. But I'm just not a Lynch guy. You call Cordero Patterson, right? I don't think it'll be called Clyde Walford. I think I was expecting Jared Cook <laughs> against Jared the giant Cook. defense. Oh, but Jared Cook, you know, and I, my, you know, my, my brother who needed a must-win game actually against me, uh, if he wins, you're out of the playoffs. But he opted to start Jared Cook over Evan Ingram. Uh, if he goes the other way around, he's in, you're out, my friend. So you can thank my brother for making that move. Uh, so he only lost to me by 13. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take that with all the 11th and 12th picks I have this year. I need a little karma. Give me a break. DeMarco Murray? Oh, my God. I'll take that. I'll take what I can get. Give me a break. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, Crabtree will be back. Sounds like Cooper might be back. Maybe out one more game, and it's not from the concussion. It's more the ankle. So we'll monitor that. But Crabtree back next week. Cooper back for at least maybe week 14, definitely week 15, and they should be fine. But Raiders very much in this division as well, 6-6. Six and six, So, you know, mediocrity in the AFC West, but someone's got to win the division. I think the Chiefs are going the wrong direction, obviously. So it comes down to Oakland and Chargers. I still like the Chargers, but you'll see. I mean, it'll be if the Raiders can get hot at the right time and make a move in that division. Oh, look what game I got. Uh, yeah, look what game you get. You get <laughs> the bloodbath that was. The Steelers' 10th victory at 23-20 on Chris Boswell's field goal again. They beat the Bengals again. Uh, you know, No matter your feelings on the Steelers, you can't admit one thing. They own the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals, Marvin Lewis, I tweeted out last night, in his tenure is 8-24 and against the Steelers, and that includes two home playoff losses. So that tenure is coming to an end in Cincinnati. But you know, from a fantasy standpoint, break it down. Road Ben, Le'Veon, A.J. Green, break everything down. Ben was fine. Ben's very hot right now. You did a smart move making a trade for him in one of the leagues. It was an excellent job by you. I think it was for Rashard Matthews. It was. Or something ridiculous like that. Very good. This is a good road game for Ben. 292 touchdowns, one interception. That's a very good road game for him. That's solid. And listen, with the quarterback play being frenetic, you'll take that any day that you want. So certainly he's been in great moving forward. Le'Veon Bell gets the volume. That's the deal. I'm not in Bell. I don't think he's this you know 55-point fantasy guy that everybody loves. He has no burst. They should replace him. I would not give him a long-term contract. I think he's motivated for a long-term contract, and I think once he gets it, this is a guy that's going to go in the tank. But he is an excellent receiver out of the backfield. The hole didn't tackle you down the sideline. How about that? How about that one? (laughs) Yeah, but Scott, you know what? Even if he didn't do that, he still got four for seventy. You know, I mean, so just from a game standpoint, I mean, that's just one of the hottest things I've seen. Antonio Brown wasn't even sure if he was going to play. He's 8-1-1 in a touchdown. Just put him in Canton right now. It's fine. Martavis Bryant, listen, he could be an issue moving forward. I think Juju Smith-Schuster was sort of a flash in the pan. Even with him playing, even if he wasn't suspended, Scott, I'm starting to lean toward Martavis Bryant a little bit. He's a little feast or famine, but he's going to get in that end zone again, and he's certainly getting some more targets. So I think they're finally getting him back under wraps. On the other side, Andy Dalton, primetime Andy Dalton, two touchdowns at home. You'll take it any time that you want. He also had 19 yards rushing. I just don't get the Steelers. I, if I'm a Steeler fan, I just don't have confidence. How on earth can you go against this team? Joe Mixon gets knocked out of the game, and A.J. Green's wide open. 
I just don't get it. I mean, you're telling me you're sitting there all week and you're planning for the Bengals and somehow A.J. Green is wide open for the entire first half of the game. Seven for 77, two touchdowns. Great job. I don't think he had a catch after the after the first half, by the way, so they did make adjustments, but there's really no damage here. Giovanni Bernard is at least alive. That was nice to see. Oh, you know what? But, with Mixon out, Bernard could be a sneaky play. Uh, pick up off the waiver wire. You know, if Mixon's out, I mean, he was in concussion protocol. Could be. One of the many guys that were out. I mean, you know, 13 for 77. Could be one of those sneaky guys, sneaky plays. Yeah. Yeah, another big disappointment, Scott. We'll talk. I can't wait for that wrap-up show. It's going to be like five five shows going to do. We talked all year. I had Warren Sharp. Warren Sharp, uh, great guy with engineering mind. Did all these. He does this sharp football analysis. I annoyed my cousins down the shore. I was looking at it. One of the things he was harping on is how great the Bengals' schedule was. How they had such an easy schedule this year. This is a massive disappointment. You're totally right. The rumors are out on Reddit already. Marvin jo- Marvin Lewis is gone at the end of this year. Probably they need a real coach. They don't have a great fan base. They do, but it's it, like when they win. But it's not like they pack the house when they're not doing well. Real disappointing year, and they got a lot of money invested in the Red Rockets, Scott. Yeah, I mean this had to be the nail in the coffin. They're up seventeen nothing at the half, or seventeen three, thanks to the gift field goal. They get late the Steelers in the first half, but then they just they go to take this. But the Bengals have done this so many times against the Steelers, and it's just the way it is. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, a couple of big plays in this game taken off by penalties, too. Why Sean McDonough was uh, going on his rant. You know, you had the Martavis Bryant punt uh, kickoff return for a touchdown that was called back because of a hold that, was, that wasn't. that was And then you got A.J. Green wide open who had three touchdowns, but also called back for a hold that really wasn't. So just really uh, you know, a lot going on in this game. A couple things here, Scott. I, I just want to say this for the record. I, I want to see somebody new. You're not going to believe this. I want the Steelers to be the Patriots. I'm rooting for the Steelers to beat the Patriots. Oh, Scott, somebody just favorited my oy vey tweet about you. I <laughs> just came through right now. I, I want the Steelers to beat the Patriots. I will be rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want to see the Patriots to win every year. I just don't understand how – I don't have faith. I don't think Keith Butler is stopping the Patriots. And I think Bill Belichick is going to disrupt the Steelers. I do. And that's the Listen, problem. And I, I want to be wrong. I, I want can't, I, Ben I can't, to hang five touchdowns in two weeks on this. I want Martavis Bryant to do more non-catches for touchdowns in the end zone like last year. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, listen, I can't disagree with you. I mean, it's been it's been the narrative. You know, they haven't been able to – you know, this is – yeah, you take you take Tom Brady out of this conference and Ben Roethlisberger might be the guy with five Super Bowl rings. You know, it's just – he's there and that's – Patrick Ewing syndrome. But he did get two, though. No, he's At got two. He's got been two, to three. Yeah. And But what I'm saying is that it's – you're, you're right. I mean, this is our narrative. And, you know, in that game in two weeks, the Patriots will be a favorite on the road because they should be because the Steelers can't get over that hump. But this, what do you think, Scott? Six, five? No, yeah. I think it would be three. I think it'll be three or four. I, I think. Oh, I, Scott. Oh, I, my I God. think that's what it'll be. I don't think. I don't. Listen. Then again, yeah, the Eagles. Where's my mortgage? Where's my mortgage? Oh, listen, <laughs> you, you may very well be right, but, you know. I, uh, the Steelers you know have Shazier got- either, Scott, for that game. You want to have Shazier. That's a big loss, too. Oh, no, yeah. You know, you're big, banged big, up. Big-time big loss. Uh, right. Yeah, I did read a report somewhere that this Tommy Maddox had the same injury um, years ago uh, for Pittsburgh and only missed one week. So who knows? But, oh, yeah, Scott, it's how, Shazier, it, does, it doesn't look like Shazier is going to be playing. So that's a huge loss for them. And they lost the back of middle line, Tyler Matikiewicz in the same game. So defense will be banged up. But the Steelers got to focus on the Ravens. It's not like New, Eng- uh, New England's got the Dolphins and Jay Cutler next week, which they should go handily handle their business. Steelers got to go to Baltimore. They get the Ravens. So if they get past that, and both teams are there, eleven and two. You know, it'll be four twenty-five that Sunday, and you know if the Steelers want to make a move, it's got to be done against the Patriots, and they got to have to beat them twice, most likely. It'll be this week uh, that game, and then they'll have to beat them again in the playoffs if they meet. Let's wrap it up, partner. Fourth quarter. 
All right, Scott, two things here. First off, uh, after my brutal loss with the greatest big blue team, never to make the playoffs, uh, I did go 4-0. Very excited about that in my picks. Uh, you not so bad as well, either 2-2. Two and two. It's not bad. So I am up. I'm over the Mendoza line, Scott, 27-25. and 25. I have a three-game lead on you. So happy about that. Take some solace in that. As your nice nice job, my friend. The two head-to-head games, you beat me in both. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, you want to hear the uh, million-dollar DraftKings lineup <laughs> already? Go ahead and read it to me. Is Here we it, go. Yeah. Who's my quarterback, Scott? It's not Brett Hundley. Oh, for this week already? You got it yeah. set up for this yeah. week already? I do, yeah. Uh, I'll give you the middle lineup right now. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked yet myself, so give me 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm more of, I'm, t- I'm more of a Thursday guy. Wednesday night. You got to go low guy. for this one. You Your quarterback go this week is... Go low. <laughs> it's going to be... If you're telling Keep me, going. If you're telling me to go low, it's Deshaun Kaiser. It is Deshaun Kaiser, 4,900. Scott, this is going to be the game where at least I get to taste my French toast. I will be knocked out of your Yahoo League by easily 180 points. But I do think Melvin Gordon is a start this week against the Redskins. They're not good against the run. He's home, 7,800. I do think he hits 3X, and I I think he finally puts that one away. Lamar Miller at home. I can't believe I'm saying this, but against San Francisco. I know, but he's cheap. He's only 5,800. There's not a lot of great home running backs this week that I really want to pay for. Uh, You want to see guts, Scott? Corey Coleman at 40. 100. I'm not wrong on this one. I'm stacking. Scott, I am stacking Deshaun Kaiser and Corey Coleman. That's got to be 0.1%, right? I, I, I don't think there's many people. Yeah, well, that. I mean, especially because Gordon's only 5,500. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll go with Corey Coleman. I think they're going to be worried about Gordon. Coleman's going to get a couple passes there. I like it. Larry Fitzgerald at this point, 6,500 even with Blaine Gabbard against Tennessee. I'll take my chances there. Scott, how about Eli coming back with Sterling Shepard at 5,300? Dallas not good against the pass. Sterling Shepard home. Eli's back. People will be fired up. Uh, My tight end, this is where I'm not sure. I got Hunter Henry. That may be a little too much Charger involvement for me, Scott. I may have to make that change. And I got Shady McCoy at home against the Colts. In the cold weather, Colts want no part of that. 7,200, he'll get fed. And my defense, the Rams will pressure Carson Wentz at 2,500. I think it's very cheap for a good defense. There you go, Scott. And I left thirteen hundred in the bank. You'd be proud of me. Thirteen hundred. Yeah, thirteen hundred. Significant. Jack Doyle might be a very good tight end player. Gronkowski just torched the Bills at home. Doyle forty nine hundred. He's been very good on the road too. So that'll be very good tight end play. I for just the made the switch, partner. I just made it while we're on the air. <laughs> so that Jack Doyle sneaky play there. Well, listen, the lineup is what it is. You'll get. I'll give you mine on Thursday uh, when we record there. Cause that's when I start to look at it. But you know, it was a. It's a good week for me, DFS-wise. It could have been really good if uh, the one guy we expected uh, to produce did, but we'll take it. We'll move forward. Uh, shout out to Big Big E on Twitter. He's in the positive this uh, this year in DFS, so keep that up. And uh, you know, playoff matchups are really ready to go You know, this week in uh, fantasy, so everybody's got to be pumped for that. If you're in, good luck and all that whatnot. You know what I mean? Tell me how great my dynasty team is. You're right. <laughs> go ahead. Here we go. Now, this is PPR. Keep in mind as well. And tight ends get a, a point and a half PPR. I got Blank Gabbard as my quarterback. <laughs> Running back's going to make or break me, man. Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Jay Ajayi, Deion Lewis, and Adrian Peterson. Very solid running backs. W- wide receivers, Crabtree. Welcome back to the family. And Rashard Matthews, whenever you're ready, please tell me you're ready. I'd want him back. Otherwise, it's Travis Benjamin. And the greatest tight ends in the world, Scott, Ben Watson and Charles Clay. 
Uh, ben Watson <laughs> would be the play. Charles Clay, if, if Tyrod doesn't play, Charles Clay's got to sit. Uh, Dynasty. So. Dynasty, Scott. Could be a whole podcast on Dynasty. You got to join next year, man. This is great. Yeah. Once you're in, you're never out. We're making trades in week 18. This is great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Looking forward to listening to this offseason on this podcast. We're going to have a myriad of topics to discuss from bust to Dynasty to setting up leagues. We had a request to have a podcast on how to set up your leagues and what, what formats you use. So we'll have everything you can ask for in the offseason. It'll be a busy offseason for the uh, pick up the Blitz boys. All right, Scott Burke, Mike Randall, Blank Gabbard. We'll see you.